0: Did you know Mm -hmm. in Japan it's superstitious to clip your toenails and fingernails at night?
1: good morning good day and good evening and good night good night welcome to the insomnia report episode 45 whoop whoop paranormal episode how did we get here it's been
0: so long i know so many so many if this is your first time listening welcome if you have listened before welcome back we're so happy to have you thanks for listening i'm Margot. And I'm Elizabeth. And we are the two friends and roommates that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty neat. It's September. Um, We are recording during the day, which is unheard of.
1: In my mind, it is fall already.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool today, you know. I'm going to go ahead and do the thing. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell
1: me what's been keeping you up? As of late. um, I've been thinking a lot about the abortion ban in Texas. Mm, not happy. Not no, pleased. Not good. Very bad. Yeah. So I'll post some links in the description where you can donate to help people get abortions in Texas because they're pretty much outlawed at this point. Yeah. And people can sue others like who aid people in getting yeah. abortions, which is just
0: why. And there's like a $10,000 yeah, like bond on people. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So bad news. Bad news bears. I've been thinking a lot about it. It's an issue I feel very strongly about. So. Well, thank you.
0: Yes. For using your platform.
1: <laughs> what about you?
0: I mean, there's that. Um, mine wasn't as... Now I feel like a dick because I was <laughs> just going to talk about a weird dream I had. But no, tell me. No, I mean, I was on Facebook Marketplace and I messaged this person and asked if something was available. It was like a decor piece. It wasn't like anything, whatever. And they go, yes. And I go, okay, great. Are you able to ship it? And that like happened in real life. But in Mm -hmm. my dream last night, the lady said someone offered me more money for it you need to leave me alone now. And I'm like, I was just asking if it was available. I haven't been harassing you. And then oh, well. she like blocked me. And I don't know. That was my dream.
1: <laughs> I wonder what it means.
0: It means I don't really need the item. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have anything eventful keeping me up. I guess my story has been. But that's all. That's good. Yeah. We got a, a pale whitish yellow today.
1: Oh, do we ever get that color match?
0: Not really. I think it's supposed to be green.
1: Mm, and it just like a mint has kind green. of faded. I see. Maybe. We're still on our original bottle of matches, aren't we? No,
0: I've added more.
1: It's, oh, Like, okay. yes, it's the
0: same bottle, but <gasps> I've added more matches.
1: A never-ending bottle of matches.
0: Every time I shake it, three more are added. So oh, okay. So that's, that's how it works. It's can, magic. Right. It's how it works. Yeah, I'm actually a witch. <laughs> What a waste of my power. <laughs> that's
1: all I did.
0: is <laughs> still going strong. Here.
1: Murray's great. Murray smells good. He's
0: like a big candle. He's a big
1: boy. He's a, bi- a big candle. We have another big candle coming up next too. Yep. It smells like laundry. Yes. So that's exciting. And it's from Jessica. And it
0: has our logo on it.
1: Yeah. Aww. So cute. The little insomnia. We love our candles. Thank you. Thank everyone. you. Yes.
0: All right. You want to tell
1: me a spooky tale? I do. Are you feeling the, the fall vibes yet, or are you still in summer mode? Um, I, I've i lost all concept
0: of time and space, so <laughs> who's to say? It does feel like a fall day today, but tomorrow yeah. it's supposed to be sunny and 80, so yeah. it'll, it'll make a turnaround. I guess not, because I haven't smelled that fall air yet, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't mind it. I love yeah. fall. It's my favorite season. Mine too. But yes, I'm always down for fall.
1: Fall vibes. Awesome. Yeah, in my mind, I'm pretty much the same way. I'm in denial that it's still technically summer, but mm. anyway, we're this story has a little bit of some fall vibes, maybe. Okay, but I'm mad that pumpkin shit's already back. Oh, no, I love the pumpkin no, shit. No, I hate pumpkin.
0: <laughs> I hate it. I, I'm,
1: I'm sorry. No, it's okay.
0: I just, I think it's sacrilegious. It's not October, so.
1: Do you like it better in October?
0: I do. Okay. I like it better in October, but okay. I don't like that there's Halloween stuff at Target in like, mm, September. I'm, I'm ready.
1: I'm ready for
0: Halloween. Okay. Well, I love <laughs> fall and Halloween. I'm just not ready. I know.
1: I know. It's okay. So we're going to travel to England Aye. to a town called St. Osyth in Essex, which is east of London. Um, it's kind of actually in southeastern England. Right near the sea. And it is a really, really old town. About 4,500 people live there. They have a monastery from the 12th century called St. Osses Priory. There's also a lot of people there who live in mobile homes. It's also known to be the driest place in the UK. Wow. So, don't know why, but it is. Their humor, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, that, that British humor.
0: I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i sorry if this sounds ignorant, but I can't imagine, like, mobile homes outside of the U.S. Like, I feel like that's unheard of.
1: Is that just me? No, I can't picture it either, but also I've never been to England, so... Right, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so St. Ozith, Where did the name come from? Well, there was a king of england he was a pagan uh in the seventh century so old and he had a daughter named ozgith ozgith um who was uh a saint because uh so the king's name was frithewald frithewald king of the east saxons i want to name a kid in that (laughs) come on jimmy bobby frithewald (laughs)
0: time for supper
1: uh, yeah bring that name back <laughs> it's a good it's a strong I name love it. for the wall i love it so he was king of the east saxons and Osgith or ozith i guess i don't i guess it can be both so i'm just gonna call her ozith she was his daughter and even though her father was a pagan she was a christian she became the head of a nunnery that her father founded in the town but then one day some Danes came in and started pillaging and destroying things and they broke in and they wanted to assault the nuns no. um and hurt them. Dan Cook. But But I was like what?
0: I said Dan Cook, because when you said some Danes came in. I oh
1: that. I was like <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So they came in and they were like yeah, about to hurt the nuns. But osith was like, stop. No, not my nuns. No. And so she stood up to them um, and they were, because the Danes, I guess, were pagans. And mm. they were like, you nuns, like, renounce your belief in Jesus. And osith was like, no. <laughs> and so they beheaded her. Oh. But apparently she walked back with her head in her hands
0: what a good flex and be like (laughs) haha
1: and it's it was a miracle and so then she became a saint she also apparently when she was young drowned in a stream oh um but was revived because the nuns prayed for her for three days that's a long time yeah that's saint ozith and it said that her ghost walks along the walls of the nunnery on the walls no no no, like
0: along like (laughs) next to the walls carrying her head (laughs) oh i bet that's horrifying for
1: one night a year oh on christmas i'm not sure exactly or like the day of her death maybe her feast day if she has i don't really know but anyway now we're gonna fast forward so that's just a little bit of history about saint oseth and why it's called that and it it has its origins in some spooky stuff, sure. Okay, question. Yeah, you may
0: not know, but okay. like after she walked with her head mm-hmm. in her hands, did she die like shortly after, or was she like, "You can't kill me, bitch"? And then they like <laughs> left, or like how did how did it resolve itself?
1: Um, apparently, so when she was beheaded. You know, she, like, falls to the ground, her head rolls wherever, and then a spring of water comes out of the ground, and so it's like, God? <laughs> and then she gets up, and she picks up her head, and she walks to the nunnery, and she knocks three times on the door, okay. and then she collapses, and she's dead.
0: Oh. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: The I mean, Knocking three times, like, it makes me think of the Holy Spirit. Right. Holy Trinity. Symbolic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, no, uh, That's a good question. No, I just imagine it
0: being like in a church and then Uh her like head rolling off and then like her body getting up and be like, sorry, let me just like holding it up and be like, how dare you?
1: One second. Let me just find it. My head.
0: Wait, could you just. Okay, that was rude. That was really rude. I just have to say. Uh. Yeah. And then she died. Like, when they left, she's like, okay, guys, I, I, that actually hurt. I was just going yeah. on a brave
1: face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing a lot of blood, folks.
0: <laughs> a little faint.
1: Mm. Well, it's unfortunate, but yeah. she was a strong woman. <laughs> Very. Now we're going to fast forward to the 1580s okay. in the same town. And we're going to meet a woman named Ursula Kemp. Ursula. So, you know, life in the 1580s anywhere probably was not very good. Right. In England, it also was not very good. No. People were poor and hungry, and there was disease because they didn't have vaccines. And they probably smelled bad. And oh my God, I can't even imagine. Like, that would be. I can't even imagine. Seventh layer of hell for me. Oh no no. And so, Ursula Kemp was a healer known as a cunning woman. In her town. She was I I read that she was either in her late twenties, early thirties, or middle aged, but I don't know what they considered middle age. Probably like 17 at that time. (laughs) time. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, she was probably illiterate and probably pretty poor. But she had a reputation for being able to undo curses that people had been placed under. Nice. And she was also a village healer, so You know, she helped people when they were sick and everything like that. So one day, a woman named Grace Thurlow had a son named Davy, and he was sick. And she asked Ursula to help heal her child. And so Ursula went over to Grace's house and recited a spell over Davy. Um, Three times, she said, a good child, how thou art loden and then he recovered oh nice so it was great but then she was like hey like i helped you can you pay me (laughs) and grace was like no i can't i can't do that so Ursula was like okay no this is awkward and then grace again felt lame i don't know exactly what that means i feel like that's a way of of feeling like sick or yeah yeah Yeah, she she said she had some kind of lameness in her bones. She became very boring.
0: (laughs) Her jokes just
1: were not comedically timed. She needed a healer, actually. (laughs) Um, And so Ursula healed her because Ursula's background was, she kind of specialized in that because she herself had been lame at one point. But then like... (laughs) And then I learned how to be cool. Well, then she learned how to heal herself, and she was like, "Oh, okay, like I can help other
0: people." Oh, I love that. She went on her own little journey, right? She
1: did. (laughs) And so, yeah, so she asked her for help a second time, and Ursula was like, "Yeah, I'll help you, but you have to pay me." And she was like, "Okay." And so she helped her, um, but then she didn't pay her again.
0: Ursula, you need to get these payments up front or like a security deposit.
1: Yeah, I I know. it. Well, she also kind of would have like a payment system for people who couldn't pay all at once. It was like, nice. I feel like, you know, she wasn't like demanding. She was just like, I need, do what you, you know, can, I need you know. some stuff. I'm poor too, you know. Yeah. We're in England. It's sure, sure, sure. in the 1580s. What else
0: are we going to do? You right. Know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then they argued and Ursula was like, I'm going to get even with you somehow, which sounds pretty threatening. And then Grace, again, became lame, so whatever was wrong with her came back. Then Grace had a baby, another baby named Joan. Hey, Joan. And Joan fell out of her cradle and died. Oh, not that
0: way. That's not how you get revenge.
1: Yeah, so that sucks. And then Grace was, like, really mad at Ursula, and they were, like, in this ongoing argument, so she accused her of being a witch. She thought that Ursula had cursed her baby and caused her to fall out and die. No. And this wasn't really unusual for the time, as we've discussed before, because sometimes people who were poorer would say they were cursed or something so that people would give them money. Mm-hmm. So Grace told the local magistrate, Lord Brian Darcy, that Ursula was a witch And then he arrested her and put her in a prison known as The Cage. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Darcy was, like, really upset about witches because he believed that his father had been bewitched to death. So he had, like, a chip on his shoulder from this. Yeah. And she, so Ursula was arrested along with her eight-year-old son, Tom. No, Tommy. Yeah. And so then somehow they they kind of gathered the town and her friends and family and had them all testify against her. So a woman named Alice said that Ursula had asked her for some sand for cleaning, and she said no. And then Alice's daughter later saw Ursula murmuring at her, and then her daughter died. Oh, that's so creepy. So she said Ursula bewitched her. Ooh. To death.
0: Ooh, that's creepy.
1: But then they made Tom, her son, her small son, testify against her mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. he spin this whole story about how she had like four familiars, a gray cat, a white lamb, a black toad, and a black cat. And he saw his mother feeding them and let them suck blood from her body.
0: Okay, you had me um, and then you lost <laughs> me. Like she has little animal <laughs>
1: friends. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so he, and he, like, yeah, had this whole story about, you know, she was using these familiars to kill people and stuff like that. So, Laura Darcy, the magistrate, went to Ursula, and he was like, Ursula, if you testify and say you're a witch, then we'll let you go. And so she did, because he said that she would let him go. Oh, no. She really didn't have a choice, because who had the power in this relationship? He did. Mm-hmm. So, she confessed that she was a witch. She also implicated 12 other women in the community of being witches. Mm. So, they took them all to court, and some were discharged or acquitted. Some were found guilty. But Ursula and another woman accused of witchcraft named Elizabeth Bennett were found guilty and sentenced to death. so they were paraded through the town and then hanged before a crowd
0: that's terrible who mm, i don't like that
1: yeah me neither and also two other women were executed and this was all in 1582 okay and all of these women who had been accused had been housed in this prison called the cage Hmm. and the cage is still there Ooh, that's
0: so old
1: I know. <laughs> and it was a prison until 1908. Oh, I'm sorry. And housed men, women, and children. Oh. Not sure why they were putting children in prison, but, you know. And then in the 70s, a developer decided this would make a great house. Oh, okay. And so they turned it into a two-bed, one-bath.
0: Oh, cute.
1: And um, How many square feet? I, I couldn't Does tell you. Does it have you. open concept kitchen? <laughs> No. (laughs) So that's the beginning of our story about the cage.
0: I'm intrigued. And I looked up what lame means on Uh Merriam-Webster. And it means having a body part, uh, especially a limb, that's disabled as to impair freedom of movement. So it's like a a stiffness Mm -hmm. or inability to like move easily. I see. But who knows if it was the same lame. But anyway, there you have it.
1: Thank you. I feel like they had strange words for illnesses back then because they didn't know what anything was.
0: <laughs> right? They're like, "I'm so lame." It's like, "Oh, me too." My back.
1: <laughs> Just right. I don't know Who the knows? vapors. <laughs> um, fun fact, though. So Saint Ozeth is in Essex County, England. And right after this, in like the early 1600s, there was a guy in the same town. I don't know if it's the same guy, the Darcy guy, or another guy. But um, he went on, like, a rampage and killed, like, 200 women, over 200 women for being witches. Like, he, there was, like, this huge witch scare. Good Lord. And Salem, Massachusetts is also in Essex County, Massachusetts. Ooh. And it's, so it's, like, those beliefs, like, kind of transferred yeah. over. So it's not, like, Ooh. a coincidence. I just thought that was so
0: weird. That is weird. That gave me willy chilies. It went
1: across the ocean, the fear of the witch. The fear.
0: That sounds like a really great memoir, or novel. I don't know. It does.
1: Sorry, it does. I would read it. Okay, now we're gonna fast forward to two thousand and
0: five. I just like (laughs) we should get the sound effects.
1: Yeah, of the tape. Yeah,
0: that I guess that was my. If I was a foley artist,
1: that was my fast forward. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'll keep that in
0: for future reference.
1: So in 2005, a woman named Vanessa Mitchell was looking for a fresh start. And she was 30 years old. She worked in sales. And she grew up in St. Ozith. And she was already familiar with the cage, whose address is number 14 Colchester Road. Private Drive. <laughs> you want to look it up on Google Maps? And yeah, so she used to walk by it as a kid. And she was always really fascinated by this house. Fun fact, it's only one of seven medieval cages left in Britain.
0: Okay, so it I'm just I'm picturing a metal cage, but I'm I'm guessing it's
1: not. <laughs> no, it's actually like a yellow house above a brick thing. If you look it up, you'll see what it looks like. But so Oh it's cute. Yeah, right? It looks
0: cute. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I was yeah, I was picturing one of those like medieval like, cage. metal cages that oh, they kept people yeah, yeah. in. Okay.
1: So Vanessa decided she would buy the house because it was, it was for cute. sale. It,
0: was it a really good price?
1: She offered 147,000 pounds, which is about $191,000. Okay. So I don't know.
0: Typical like house yeah. price, you know? Yeah. Like, and maybe. the owner
1: was like, yes, like buy this for me, <laughs> <laughs> <Take> <laughs> please. Um, my hands. But um, she was so excited and she kind of like heard rumors about it. But she didn't believe. But, you know, she didn't believe it. She had heard that a couple that lived there claimed that books had flown off their shelves. No one lived there for very long. um, And it was sort of like, yeah, a little bit suspicious, but she kind of brushed it off. There was also a skeleton that had been found nearby Mm. with iron stakes through its arms and legs. Ow. That they believed was Ursula. Ursula. Ooh, that's um, okay. And the 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 cage backs up to an alley called Coffin Alley. Okay. Because that's where they would carry dead bodies from the jail to the burial site. So Love there's that. a lot, a lot to unpack here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So Vanessa moved in with her roommate Nicole Curtly, and they were both really excited to live there they thought it was really pretty and they and it gave them like country cottage vibes, very small town cozy. And it also had the original prison door from the 1500s on it. And there's a steel plaque on the outside that says, you know, like this is the cage. <laughs> um it's historic. And um yeah, so they were just really happy about it. However, her roommate Nicole had heard rumors because she worked at a nearby bar. She said she heard that there was a family there who lived in the house and the son kept setting fire to the bedroom because he was possessed.
0: Cute. Cute. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, And the man who owned the house before Vanessa committed suicide. Oh. So it just wasn't a great situation. And... She found this out the day that she moved in oh, when, good. oh, no, no, I mean, just that it was like oh, okay. creepy because she was making a cup of tea in the kitchen, as a Brit- British people do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And she heard someone come up behind her. She thought it was her roommate, Nicole. She heard footsteps. And she turned around and there was a tall black shadow man mm-hmm. behind her. She said there, it didn't really have an outline. It looked like a child had drawn it but she felt really dark energy from him. (laughs) I don't like it. And she was like, okay, I guess we're not alone. Okay, I guess the
0: rumors are true, maybe.
1: But she didn't tell Nicole, her roommate, because she didn't want to freak her out. And I'm, okay.
0: (laughs) Um, That would be the first thing i tell you. I'd be like, you want out. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Right. I appreciate that. So as they were cleaning and everything, they found a lot of old documents and deeds and photos and stuff like that. And Vanessa learned that the house had changed hands on average every three and a half years since it was built with the exception of two people one was a guy who bought it for 150 pounds and sold it weeks later for 100 pounds
0: how long ago was that i don't know I don't know (laughs) she's like man i've heard a lot more
1: not long after she moved in someone knocked on the door front door of the house and vanessa opened the door and she found a boy named Freddie Young, he was twelve. Okay. And he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to bother you. <laughs> um <laughs> He but he told her that his grandmother was a witch and like a, a white witch. Okay. A good like witch. A good witch. And Glenda. Yes. And she had told him um that he shouldn't walk past the house without knocking three times as a sign of respect. Okay. To the witches. So so it's like yeah, to keep things You know, good energy going. And he would come back every once in a while and kind of like hang out in the house. So they kind of became friends. Cute. It was kind of cute. However, the house also had some structural problems. They had a maggot infestation. Which I can't even know. Um, It's one
0: thing to find a maggot, but to have a maggot infestation. Oh my God. I can't even Mm. know.
1: It's disgusting. Maggots are so gross.
0: Well, uh, no, it's
1: not one thing to just have one. I'm sorry. But I
0: was just saying, like, the fact that it's an infestation is...
1: No, no. It was really cold in the house all the time, even when it was warm out. They had... They felt like it was drafty inside, like someone had left a window open even when they hadn't. And they often smelled baking bread, pipe smoke, and some kind of sour smell that didn't smell very good. Mm.
0: Well, I would like the bread... Like that's a good thing. That can hang out. I know, right?
1: Yeah. But Vanessa and her roommate, Nicole, were still feeling pretty good. They were, you know, independent, living their lives. Vanessa found a new job and was doing really well. But then things started escalating. The doors would open and close. The latches of the doors would move around. Um, The sinks would turn on just by themselves, and the electronics would turn on and off.
0: I think it's so interesting that haunting, like haunted house stories always start like pretty normal, mm-hmm. and then it's like, when does it decide to just pick up? I know, right? As the ghost like, taking notes, it's like, okay. <laughs> At seven, she wakes up and hits yeah. snooze seven times, and then, I don't know. I
1: don't know. I have no idea. It's, it's interesting to think about. That was <laughs> just a side note. Anyway, so um, carry on. And they also started to see tiny bright lights floating Th- like in the house
0: like o' the wisp
1: yeah but like in the house okay S- their stuff would disappear and turn up again in strange places when you walked through the door nicole said it felt like you were trying to weed through jelly so like this Ooh. really oppressive energy i guess jelly okay and sometimes at night someone would tr- like rattle her door like they were trying to get into her bedroom no 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 <laughs> Yeah, and Vanessa was upset too because she had to pay for all this electricity that was like turning on the- and <laughs> off. <laughs> like, Come stop! On. Yeah, you're not
0: using the vacuum. Like, stop! I
1: know. But then, in the autumn, things got even worse. So they decided to have a Halloween party. Oh no! And they both dressed like sexy witches. Okay. Go for um, them. And before the party, they heard a really loud crash downstairs. They both thought the other had knocked something over or something, but there was actually nothing down there, but they felt like someone was watching them, like there was a presence. They
0: were offended. They're like, that is not how I dressed. Thank you.
1: Right. And then Halloween was kind of a turning point because everything just got so much worse. The energy got worse. The TV would go on and off and the volume would, you know, kind of flicker, whatever. Fridge magnets would fly straight across the room. Okay. Soda cans would slide, uh, like, all over the kitchen table. There was a chain in the fireplace. I don't know why, but they think it was original. And it would, like, swing back and forth. Their doors would swing and slam shut. And at night, Vanessa would hear the disembodied voices of infants.
0: I hate all of them There's not one I like. Unless, like, the soda was on the other end of the table. I'm like, did you pass on?
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Vanessa felt like a really oppressive darkness in the house at this point. One day she was sitting in the front room and she saw a black mass forming against the white walls. It would like pulsate and change shape and it was like moving along all the walls, like up and down. And it it seemed like it was intelligent. And she was like, okay, yeah, no, this is like, I can't do this. This is really bad. I can't be alone in here. So her and Nicole were like, time to find a priest. And (laughs) they did meet with the priest, Reverend Martin Flowerdew.
0: Flowerdew? So sweet.
1: I know. Who was, they described him as trendy. He had like an earring. Okay. Um, Look at you, Flowerdew. And he came in and they talked to him. They took him around the house and he blessed the house as one does as a priest. And he commented that it was really interesting because he... Ever since he'd been in St. Oseth, because I guess he wasn't from there, tons of people like came to him and were like, my house is haunted. Like, Ooh. so I guess it's just a very haunted place.
0: Sure. I Well, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really old. That for one thing, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, yeah, okay. Like he blessed the house and then they went upstairs and both of the bathtub faucets were like full blast. Okay. So... He was like, yeah, there's like some weird energy in here. Um, Let me know if something else happens and I'll come back. But the blessing really didn't change anything. And they just never called him back. Oh. Vanessa felt kind of isolated because she really couldn't talk about this with anyone except her roommate. Because she didn't want people to think she was crazy. Sure. Especially at work. She was in a male-dominated, high-stakes job selling RVs. Or mobile mobile homes. They call them caravans, I guess, in England. I don't know. Sure. But she didn't want people to think she was crazy. And so she kept living there. She had a boyfriend for a while who moved in with her, which she liked because then she wasn't alone in her bedroom Mm -hmm. with the ghosts. And he said he didn't believe in ghosts at all, except for when he had a can of Coke by the bed and it flew off right in front of him and smashed on the wall opposite. Okay. And then they, they broke up at some point, but I don't think that's the reason.
0: Okay. I mean, that would have probably been mine. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. I would have just been like, hey, babe, can
1: we um, move? <laughs> yeah, can we please? So after that, she was alone again, and she started sleepwalking every night at the same time. No. And she would wake up in the hallway where the former owner killed himself. No. No. And she heard voices in her head telling her to kill herself. I hate that. Trigger warning. I I hate that. So not good. However, some of the spirits were comforting instead of evil. Okay. Uh, One day she was sitting on the floor in the living room watching TV and she looked up and she saw a woman very clearly just right there walking towards her and she had a wooden bowl in her hands. And she said, Vanessa said she didn't feel afraid at all. Like, this woman had a very lovely energy coming off of her. And she went up to Vanessa, and she took some leaves out of the wooden bowl and, like, sprinkled them over her head. Aww. And then she disappeared.
0: I would be terrified, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. I can yeah. imagine you doing that, like, in a couple of weeks. I mean, like, Margot, it's fall.
1: <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> so Vanessa believes that it was Ursula. And that she was trying to protect her I from any evil in the house. So then Vanessa's roommate, Nicole, got a boyfriend named Jim and he moved in with them. So I'm surprised
0: were, she didn't move out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I would. After he lived there for a while, he was like, well, he didn't believe in ghosts. But then after a while he was like, "Yeah, please don't ever leave me alone in the house." <laughs> so they made a pact that they would never leave any one of them alone in the house for what? any reason. That's so sweet. Yeah, it it's really cute. But then um Nicole and Jim moved out ah. because she was pregnant. Oh, congrats. And they were yeah, they were like, "Yeah, we're not having a baby uh, in this no. house." So Vanessa was all alone in the house.
0: But the pact.
1: I know. I know. And after a few months of being alone, it was just, like, totally wearing her out. She was exhausted all the time. She felt just horrible. So she went to the doctor, and they're, like, they he, she said he thought I had pelvic inflammatory disorder, and she kept giving her different pills and whatever, but then they found out um, she was five months pregnant. Oh. And she just didn't know. I didn't know. I was Which I would, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but, like, if I went to the doctor and had, like, pelvic pain... I feel like they would make me take a pregnancy test right right away. I would think so. I don't know. Anyway, but she had broken up with her partner and so she was alone in that too. And she was really afraid of being pregnant and having a baby in this house.
0: Did he? she not, like, tell him?
1: I'm not sure what the situation okay. there was. None of my business. You're yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So she was feeling very overwhelmed with all of this. I can imagine. And also the financial crisis was happening oh. in, like, 2007, 2008. So her mortgage doubled. And so she was, like, very – she was depressed. She really didn't like being home at all. And so she tried to keep friends over a lot to be in the house with her just so she wasn't alone all the time. But her friends would come over and then just, like, never come back. Sure. Because... Because of how creepy it is. Yeah, they felt a really evil energy. In addition to that, she would ask people to do work on the house, like she was going to install a new bathroom, but the plumber ran from the house after he heard heavy footsteps. And she had someone repairing some electrical thing, and he said that a force tried to push him down the stairs.
0: Okay, I want to know how many maintenance people have experiences because yeah, they're in an and really out of question. so many houses.
1: They, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a really good question. I'd like to know. Me I'll too. post it on Reddit. If you're a maintenance person, um, <laughs> let us know if you've what experienced your... something. You can email us
0: <laughs> at,
1: at com. Yes. One time, she invited her friend Kirsty and her husband Neil over for drinks, and as they were hanging out, Neil saw droplets of blood falling onto the floor. No. Coming from like dripping from something? No. And Christy or Kirsty, sorry, was a nurse, so she was like very sure it was blood cuz she sees blood all the time. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't explain where it was coming from. They thought maybe like an animal had gotten in or something and was injured. But they found nothing in the house to explain it. I don't like that. So random blood dripping. It's important to note that Vanessa couldn't afford to move at this point. Sure. As most of these go. (laughs) Yeah. But Freddie, the boy who knocked on her door when she first moved in, would come over a lot. Because he really liked the cage for some reason. And he said one time he came in and he heard someone whisper in his ear say to him that shit won't work here
0: i'm oh my god no no (laughs) elizabeth i hate it
1: (laughs) then vanessa saw the apparition of this probably the same man and he was just like floating from the waist up when she was watching tv and gliding towards her no he had gliding black hair and like old-fashioned clothes on and so she thought maybe he was a former jailer at the cage. Oh, makes sense. Another time, Freddie came to the cage because he had an argument with his grandmother. And he couldn't stay in his house anymore. He was just, like, fed up. So he ran to the cage and Vanessa let him in and said he could stay with her. But the only place that he could sleep was on the downstairs sofa, which is in the room where the prison was. Mm. And so he fell asleep, but he felt like there was a bug on his face or something he kept trying to like brush it off his face and he opened his eyes and looked and there was a woman on her knees stroking his hair no <laughs> and then he just like kept his eyes open and then she disappeared and then he like didn't go to sleep again and like <laughs> left as soon as he could no
0: oh my god it was away. <laughs>
1: So for some reason, once she found out she was pregnant, the activity stepped up a lot and things got a lot more hostile. No, Like they really wanted to intimidate her. When she was eight months pregnant, Vanessa was upstairs in her bedroom and she looked in the mirror and then she felt two hands push her from behind and she hit the floor. She pushed her to the floor. No. And she laid on the floor for like 10 minutes and she was so scared. She thought like if she moved, something bad would happen. She was so scared like her baby would be hurt or something. But ultimately she was fine and she had a son named Jesse. Hi, Jesse. I, so I listened to her talk about this in a podcast called Spooked. I love that uh, podcast. Yeah, so highly recommend that one. But she said that one day in winter in February – it was like super cold out. It was snowing and she was coming home from work and she got out of the car with Jesse and she walked around the house to go inside, but she like just was so terrified that she couldn't go in and she like stood out there in the super cold and she put Jesse like in her coat and was like, I can't go in. Like I can't go in even though like there was snow falling and it was like piling on his little head and she oh. was like, like I need to go inside, but I can't go inside. because It was just like
0: something was telling her not to go in.
1: Yeah, she just, like, so it was kind of just shows, like, her, how she felt about the house. She just, like, really couldn't handle it. At this point, Vanessa is living completely in her bedroom. She doesn't use the rest of the house at all because she's too scared of it, and she felt safe in her bedroom. So she moved all of her food in there and all of her clothes and everything, and um, she even had, like, a little Victorian potty that she used because she didn't want to go to the bathroom because she was like
0: like a chamber pot or something yeah something like that
1: she's like i can't leave my bedroom because who knows what was out there uh so so sad i know i know so one night she was in bed and she had her son with her in there as well and was watching tv and all the lights were on and she woke up and footsteps were coming up the stairs like really loudly like thudding really loud And the only thing separating her from the stairs was her bedroom door, which had this iron latch on it. And someone was, like, hitting the latch, like, up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm. And she had no idea what to do. That was the only one out of the room. She couldn't, like, go anywhere. And so, yeah, that's one example of something that happened to her in her room. Another time, she was brushing her teeth, and someone hit her on the butt, like, slapped her on the butt. Um. Rude, first of all, yes. (laughs) So, what she did when she felt really afraid was she talked to Ursula because she kind of felt a connection to her because they had both been single mothers and they had sons Mm. and both had struggled in their lives. And so, she would talk to Ursula and she could feel her around her sometimes. She felt that she was protecting her, but ultimately, Vanessa felt like she was in prison too in her own house. Because she was.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: One time she had to go get some clothes from outside of her bedroom. And usually she took her son Jesse with her everywhere when she was in the house. She never left him alone. But she was like, I can just go run and grab him. And so she did. And she left him in his cot in her room asleep. And she went downstairs and she like ironed really fast. And then she heard a noise and jesse had these thomas the tank engine toys oh yeah and out of the blue they were chugging around her feet like they turned on absolutely not (laughs) and she was like no like what the heck and so then she's like okay i have to check on him so she like goes opens the door to go upstairs and she sees a man standing at the top of the stairs and he looked like a modern man with like modern clothes and everything and she was like no so she like ran up the stairs And he disappeared and she went to check on Jesse and he was fine. He was still asleep.
0: Do you think that was the man that unalived himself like the previous owner? That's what I, that's my thought.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so at that point she was so shook up because she's like something had gotten between me and my son. Yeah. You don't mess with mama bear. Yeah. And that's unacceptable. And so she's like, I need to leave like ASAP. So she called one of her friends who had a spare bedroom And she went and she moved. The day she left, she had a driver pulling up a van outside to collect some of her stuff. And he saw in one of the bedroom windows a woman, a shadowy figure of a woman. No. So she moved out in 2008. She'd been in the house a little over three years. Wow. The cage is often called the most haunted house in England. I can see why. Yeah. And besides the witches, like... "Quote unquote witches," I can also imagine like in the hundreds of years between that and when it ended being a prison in 1908, like probably some other bad
0: stuff happened. Oh, you know, all prisons are haunted. Yeah. So the fact that it's that old and it went until
1: 1908.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, bad juju for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. So Vanessa. Owned the house for years she kept trying to sell it and no one would buy it i can't i I (laughs) Um, don't know why so she tried to rent it to a friend from the town and the friend brought in a psychic first to like clear out the house and as soon as the psychic saw the cage she like would not go inside and so that friend moved out after four months and then a young couple with a baby lived there for two months and she tried to get the church to help again, but the priest who helped them last time had moved to another parish. So, she really couldn't do anything. So, Vanessa got in touch with some paranormal investigators, including John Fraser of the Society for Psychical Research. And he did a bunch of interviews and research on the house, and he compared it ultimately to the house in the Amityville Horror. Ooh. I love that one. And one of the reasons was he thought this was such a credible haunting was because Vanessa had so many witnesses who'd like been in the house yeah, and all her had friends, something. All the
0: boyfriends, yeah. roommates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: they were credible witnesses too. They weren't just like random people. Right. Off the street. So different paranormal investigators checked out the house, both amateur and expert. One got burn marks on her legs They would also get really, like, emotional, and they would cry uncontrollably, so they also experienced stuff in the house. And then Vanessa started advertising the cage as a haunted holiday house, so people would pay to attend ghost hunts, and that made some people skeptical of her claims, because they're like, oh, she's just trying to make money off of this kind of thing. Um, And she also wrote a book called Spirits of the Cage, True Accounts of Living in a Haunted Medieval Prison. It has three point nine three stars on Goodreads. Hmm. I found the real estate listing for the house. It's still f- or it was for sale until uh, I think late twenty nineteen mm. or twenty twenty and it said that the house has now been cleared of many evil residents. How did she not get to do it? But I am skeptical of that right so oh in January twenty twenty, she sold the house to someone for £224,000, which is around $300,000. And people were very interested in this because, you know, it's a very haunted house. But the new owner is a divorcee who wanted to make a fresh start in St. Ozeth And this woman says that she does not believe in ghosts at all. History repeats <laughs> itself. I know, it's like the ending of a scary movie where it just like starts over. So I hope she's doing well. I do not know anything else about that in terms of the woman who's living there now. And one last thing I forgot to mention is that the skeleton that I mentioned earlier that I thought was Ursula with, like, the stakes through their arms and legs, turns out they would, like, charge people admission to look at it. And the people who own the skeleton actually added those stakes for, like, Mm -hmm. so. And they, they think the skeleton is actually a man so that's that's probably not real okay um and i just wanted to show you the real estate listing for it because i think it's pretty cool
0: okay i'm excited to see what it looks like on the inside
1: okay very cute
0: oh i love that they took the pictures in the fall it
1: just makes everything come full circle yeah and they staged it as well so it looks very like witchy and creepy
0: i love good staging too oh there's a broom how cute you know, I love it. I would live there. I mean, not knowing this, but it's really cute. It's really cute. The kitchen's cute. Yeah. Like, oh, that fireplace. Those are original. That's yeah. so cute. I love it. I know. I mean, terrifying. Absolutely horrifying. But they did a good job with the staging and stuff. Mhm. Oof, spooky.
1: Yeah. So that's the story of the cage in St. Oseth.
0: Thank you. That was really good. I had no idea. You're welcome. All right.
1: All right, let's hear something else.
0: I'm also going international today. So as we say goodbye to August and welcome September, you want to know something weird? What? We recorded our first episode in September. (gasps) What day? It aired in... It aired in October because that was our goal, but I think Mm. we recorded it like August or September 20-something. Oh, we should have a little celebration. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm planning on getting cake and stuff. Oh. (laughs) We'll make it a thing, but anyway, we are going to an island on the other side of the world, probably the number one place I want to visit in my lifetime, Japan. Ooh. So, Japan's spooky season is actually in the summer, and it's actually in mid-August. So, we just oh. missed it, but I didn't know about it, so I'm talking about it now. <laughs> Had I known, I probably would have covered it in in August, but, you know, my bad. So, in mid-August, there's actually a festival called Uban, which is a celebration often referred to as, quote-unquote, Japan's Halloween. Oh. But before I dive into that, a little backstory During the Edo period, which is located in today's Tokyo, it's also known as the Golden Era of Japan. And it ranged from 1603 to 1863. Wow. And it was the Golden Era in forms of arts, literature, you know, a well-established economic system. But during this time, it was when paranormal roots of Japanese horror was kind of traced in the storytelling so you know Japanese ghosts date back way 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 back but this was kind of the first time it started being depicted in artwork and literature and plays and it can also be traced to Kadan which is a traditional ghost story that either entertains and or sends a moral message Hmm. which I think a lot of our you know, mythology, by the way, I'm very bad at pronouncing things in Japanese, so I'm sorry ahead of time, but basically when you think of like Greek mythology or Roman mythology or any kind, it's always like a story of a moral, you know, like, oh, well, this is why the sun sets or or what have you. So, you know, sort of these kinds of stories, and there's two distinct groups of, you know, lore, if you will. So the first is yokai, which is defined as all of the mysterious things that you cannot imagine. So it's suspicious, it's kind of doubtful, and it can be anything from humanoid creatures to inanimate objects. They can be the reason that there are natural disasters, sickness, even squeaky floors. So, you Mm -hmm. know, everything kind of has a root and it is anything that can't be explained, but it is believed that everything has a soul. You know, every, we have souls, we have, you know, certain, like the trees have souls, uh, inanimate objects, like everything has a purpose or has some root within it from what i understand there are many kind of yokai but there is no official count you know like how in greek mythology there's you know you know there's 20 gods or there's not a set amount of yokai mm. but there are some popular yokai they either haunt or attack anyone or anything that can threaten them or come in their space they can be helpful they can be malicious Um, Some examples include a yoni, which is a devil with fangs. And it's what you would think kind of a devil creature to be. And it would be what you would expect kind of like an ogre to look like. Um, So they have fangs, they have horns, they torment the damned in hell. And they'll try to find any excuse to come to the material world. And like I said, they look like ogres and they smell foul. There's a kappa, which is a water spirit, and they are believed to be green, scaly creatures, and they live in rivers. They have a body of a human. Some say that they are child size, and they have a turtle shell on their back. (laughs) They have lizard-like features and like webbed hands and feet, and they're excellent swimmers. They live in rivers, but they can actually leave and walk around on land, and they have this... Concave, um, they have like a bowl on their head, Mm -hmm. uh, or like in their skull, and it always has to be filled with water because that's what enables them to still have their power when they're walking on land. Oh, clever, yes. And it's believed that kappa are mysterious and dangerous, they are known to prank or even drown people. And they were kind of a tale used to keep children away from rivers so they wouldn't like play or drown in them. Mm. There is a tale of a man that is walking along the river and he uh, comes face to face with a kappa. And the kappa is going to attack him and bring him into the river and eat him. So the man bows to the kappa and the uh, kappa, kappa, (laughs) (laughs) the kappa, He bows to the kappa, and then the kappa bows to him, pouring the water out of his head. (gasps) So he becomes paralyzed. So the man is able to escape. Clever. So if you ever come across a kappa, there you go. You bow to them. And they also love cucumbers. (laughs) Um, So do I. Yeah, and if you go to a sushi restaurant, there's a kappa roll, which is made. It's a cucumber roll. (gasps) Oh. Um, okay. so if you were to, um, you know, throw a cucumber into the river, like if you are on a picnic with your family, often they'll throw a cucumber in the river or the the bank and it's said to like appease them so they won't do harm. Parents will sometimes write their children's names on cucumbers and and throw them into the river to protect them. And to this day, there are actually rivers that still have signs to warn people of kappa.
1: Oh, my god! Like, gosh. even nowadays.
0: <gasps> I love that. I do, too. And it's weird because I played these video games, like Harvest Moon, and there were kappas in the video game. Like, if you oh. threw a cucumber into the lake or whatever, like, the kappa would appear.
1: Oh, my gosh. Which is wild. Did you, like, know what it was then? Or?
0: Well, I, I always knew. Like, it appeared in several games I played, but I never knew, like, the history of it. I just knew that they love cucumbers. And I thought it was <laughs> funny that cucumber rolls were called kappa rolls. But I didn't really know a lot about the, like, oh, lore.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Another yokai is called the Zashiki Warashi. And you've probably found yourself in this situation where you've lost something. Like, your keys... Your phone, your glasses or something, you know, like I just put it down. Like I thought I knew where it was and it goes missing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's because of the Zakeshi Warashashi. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I am not Japanese and I'm very bad at any language, especially English. But they are little pranksters that resemble children and they're only visible to the homeowners. And they will like to move things around to play little pranks on people. So they're not like malicious but they like to mess with you Mm. so that's like the reason why things go missing instead of like oh i misplaced it it's like oh no they moved it there's a mogami, which is an inanimate object that on its 100th birthday comes alive and it typically has one eye a mouth with a very long tongue and it can move around because it gets legs it can be Regular items such as umbrellas, sandals, a futon, or kitchen utensils. I mean, I've seen pictures of this before, and I had no idea. I thought it was from like an anime or whatever. So maybe you know what it is, or I've seen something like it before. But that's like the umbrella version.
1: It reminds me of like the leg lamp from a kind Christmas of, Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, the leg lamp I have, is, a, is i I like, okay. seen this before. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh.
0: Which is wild. So when it turns 100, it comes to life if it's able to, like, last that long, you know? Wow. There's a Rokuro Kubi, which is a stretchy neck lady. (laughs) And and it looks like a regular human during the day, but at night their necks become very, very long, or they even pop off and float around and, like, follow the, the body. And there are many artworks of like people, like ladies with their like kimonos and everything and their necks like go all the way around and then their heads are... F-
1: oh, is it only women? It can be men or
0: women. A lot of the times it's depicted as women. Okay. There is a nurikabe, which is a literal wall that will block your path at night. So you'll just be walking and then this wall will come and be like, no, <laughs> you, you can't. So, you know, that's kind of a reason. Oh, well... I was going to be on time, but then I came across... Oh, yes. um, You know. Very useful. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. There's a Itan Momen, which is cotton that will attack you at dust. Okay. I don't know more than that. And then there's also a Yuki Onana, which is a beautiful woman with dark hair. And legend has it that she got caught in a blizzard and died. So she will um, kind of act as a siren and lure people out into the snowstorm. Oh. So those are different kind of yokais. Like I said, they're more strange and mysterious. They are legends or something that it has some sort of symbolism and tale. Whereas the second group is a yore, which was an actual person. And that's kind of a traditional ghost.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So... To better understand the connection of Japan and its ghosts, it's also important to know about Japan's relationship with the departed. So there are two main belief systems, which are Buddhism and Shinto. So Buddhism is, you know, the belief of death and rebirth, where life is sort of an illusion. And there's Shinto, which is something that is sort of a a religion, which is foundational components of ancestor worship so they pray to answers or nature nature spirits they connect to present and past as well as they believe everything has a spirit so they don't necessarily align with good or bad there's a little bit both here and there they also say that funerals are more buddhist in nature whereas weddings are a little bit more shinto Hmm. they are pretty flexible and there's like a hybrid of like, life beyond the understanding. So everything kind of has a reason. Everything has a soul. Like, we need to respect everything and, like, understand, like, I see what you are and, like, Mm. what your soul is. And it's also life and death doesn't have, like, an explanation of reality. So religious traditions found in Buddhism is about the dead and afterlife, which shapes views on, you know... The living and the dead, reincarnation, salvation, and punishment, according to Fumako Zhu, an assistant professor of Asian studies at Mississippi State University. According to Shinto tradition, everyone has a god within us, sort of how in Western cultures we believe everyone has a soul. Mm -hmm. So when one dies, the god is then freed from our bodies. And when the god is to reach the afterlife, it isn't necessarily a simple task of just crossing over. So they need help from their loved ones that are still living. And the living relatives will watch over the dead to help their journey to the afterlife by doing certain rituals. And when they are successful, when they're done properly, the ancestor will then be able to cross and then in turn watch over the living relatives to protect them. So it kind of goes back to your point that your college professor said that a was it a, a funeral or a grave? like is the nicest thing that you can do for
1: someone? Mm-hmm. what was the It's like a cemetery is like the greatest. Symbol of love.
0: Exactly. So they they take it very seriously. So as mentioned earlier, the Fester Uban is one of the biggest family holidays of the year, and it's like I said, compared to the Japanese Halloween, the Uban Festival has been celebrated for over five hundred years as an annual event that you know appreciates ancestors. And celebrates them, and it's where families can come together and kind of remember them, sort of like the Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And the exact origins of the festivals are up for debate, but it's a three- to five-day festival that has the Buddhist roots. During this time, it's believed that sort of the veil between the worlds, kind of like Samhain, Mm -hmm. is lifted, so the relatives come back and spend time with them for a short period. That's cute. I love that. I think we need something like this. Yes. Here. Agreed. It the festival, like I said, typically lasts three to five days and it's the date kind of falls on the lunar calendar, which is so it's not always the same day every year. It depends on when the moon is in place, which mm. I thought was interesting. For the Japanese, the festival the festival is held to free ancestors' spirits of their pain. So, even if they still have like unfinished business, they're Mm. able to kind of help them out. It's also a time for relatives to return to the uh, homes and visit and clean the graves of their ancestors. So, I think it's really special. Yeah. Um, So, going back to a yure, a yure is a soul of the departed that still has regrets or unfinished business in the real world. So, yure means in prison. An ore means a spirit. So it literally mm-hmm. means an imprisoned spirit. So it can be, you know, someone that is just has unfinished business, or it can be someone that is vengeful. But regardless, a Ure was someone that was once a person, which mm-hmm. is a yokai is more of a mysterious I see. You know, lore mm-hmm. or humanoid type thing. Yeah. If someone has an unnatural death, if they have unfinished or unresolved issues, or they don't have a proper ceremony, and their family was unable to help them get a, help them pass over, then they can be stuck and become a uri. Oh no. So a yore is one that doesn't cross because of a very strong emotion, or they cannot rest until their problems are resolved. They are kept from a peaceful afterlife. It can be from regret, unfinished business, such as, you know, I didn't tell someone I love them, or I have a message. Or it can even be I read an article from Washington Post. It could be, like, you forgot to feed your cat. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, that's a, that's a very specific reason to. <laughs> OK. Um,
1: I'm sure someone else will feed the cat.
0: Right. Revenge, sorrow, what have you. But it could be you know they didn't even know that they died.
1: Um, so
0: they're like, oh, I, I forgot to do something. They're taken very seriously though, because kind of in Western culture, if you hear of the ghost, you're kind of like, oh, whatever. But here it's like in, in Japan or Eastern civilization, they really think they need to help ancestors or people that are troubled because they are believed that if they become vengeful, they can cause disasters.
1: Oh,
0: While um, yokai kind of range, there is a similarity across yurei, which is they appear the same way that they died. They are often seen wearing white kimonos because that is what people often wear during funeral ceremonies because in, you know, America or Western civilization, you wear black in funerals, whereas over there they wear white Mm. during funerals and they wear red during weddings. They have no feet and they float because their spirits are closer to God or ghosts get their legs cut off when they arrive in hell. Um, Ouch. Right? Yikes. (laughs) And they haunt certain people, either appear in front of those that they have a grudge with or they stay put where they have the regrets. So wherever their emotion is tied to, that's where they'll typically stay. Typically, they do no harm, but they find peace if people listen to their story.
1: Oh.
0: One famous example is Samara from The Ring. <gasps> yes. She is a perfect depiction because she wears white. She has this thing keep keeping to reoccur and she's able to get resolved because someone figures out what she her unfinished business is. So that's a perfect example. Wow. There are three types of ure. There's a oh bakai which is a figure or shape that deviates significantly from their normal state don't know what that means uh
1: like an orb or something yeah
0: which is also said that they will have like blue lights following them so like a will-o-wisp or like Mm. blue flames so it's often seen that ghosts have blue flames around them which is also something that happens a lot of video games oh which i think is interesting that's so interesting a Nakoi, which is a grudge or a spirit that causes someone to suffer and die. So a ghost that causes like an illness or oh. kind of like a curse. There's also a onro, which is a vengeful spirit. And that is like the most fierce version of a yurei. And they will attack or kill anyone that gets in their way. Oh my God. So like I said, both yurei and yokai was kind of thought of throughout the years but the stories of them really took off in the voodoo period and that's when like kind of these horror stories became popular there are kind of three famous stories of some Ure, which i will now share to you so there is one uh famous one that is the story of Okiu, she was a beautiful woman that worked for a samurai. He kept advancing on her, but she kept rejecting him. Classic story. So he came up with a way to get her to fall in love. I <laughs> roll. I roll. So he accused her of losing one of the family's treasured plates. They had these plates that were passed down during, you know, centuries. That they were these beautiful, ornate plates and they always displayed them and they had 10 of them and he said there's only nine you misplaced the last one and you know if she could not find the missing
1: one she would be killed oh my god how is this supposed to make her fall in <laughs> love <laughs> well- uh, okay
0: <laughs> so she couldn't believe this she was very careful she was very diligent she respected like this family entirely and she could not believe it but Regardless of how much time she spent searching, she could only find nine of the 10 plates. So she went to the samurai and she begged for forgiveness. She begged for more time to try to find them. She doesn't understand what happened. And he said, I will only forgive you if you marry me. Uh. And she's like, No.
1: <laughs> yes, girl. Yes, Stand girl. up for yourself.
0: And she refused. So he threw her down a well. <sighs> and she died so after that she would return to torment him every night karma exactly so she would count to nine and when she got to ten she let out a terrifying shriek oh my god and this made him go insane like he <laughs> couldn't deal with this and it was some to believe that she would count to nine and then realize the tenth plate was still missing and then she would shriek and and just be a terrifying sight to see. So she was actually able to be laid to rest by a neighbor yelling ten when she got to nine. Oh wow! So then she thought, oh my god, like someone found it, uh-huh. like I'm I'm fine. So then she was able to That's be put that poor to rest. Girl, I know. But each night she actually still comes. There is actually a well in. Heimenji Castle, which is known as Okigu's well, and it was it's said to be the well that she was thrown down, and they say that her ghost still emerges at night and she'll still count and wail, and you can even visit it, which is a very popular tourist site. Oh, let's go. Yeah. There's another tale of a woman named Owa. Orwa was a woman who was a devoted wife to her husband Eamon. He plotted to poison her so he could marry another woman, which whose name oh. was Uomi. So the poison left her face horribly disfigured, but he ended up leaving. And then she realized how her face looked. Afterwards, it was her skin was burning One of her eyes started coming out and her hair was falling out. So she returned with vengeance and then eventually tricked Ayamon to kill Oami and the father-in-law. Whoa. There's also a story of um, Otsuya, who was a beautiful woman and her servant who walked past this man's home every single night and... He vowed, like, this woman is so beautiful, I, I'm going to marry her. And they would hang out, but the woman would always leave at dawn. And he didn't know why. He's like, why don't you stay or I can come over? And it turns out these women were actually dead without oh. anyone's knowledge. Oh so then God. one day he went to their home to figure out why they always had to leave and it turns out they were actually, like, kind of sirens in a way that would eat men. Oh, my God. Basically, they found their master's corpse, and he was entwined with her skeleton. Oh. So, basically, like, he she tricked him, and he went to her place, but he, she always said, you can't come here, like, after dawn or whatever. And the reason was because they were undead and they had like a curse, and they would oh. eat anyone who found them. Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, so those are some of the legends of yure. Um, they are taken very seriously. I just thought it was cool because the spooky season kind of ended in Japan. Kind of going back to the ring in a way. The um, I kind of just um, you know, depending on how someone dies, depends on what kind of spirit they'll become. So. If there's powerful emotion, it will kind of manifest into the type of spirit they are. And if they are not given a proper farewell ceremony or if they're not maintained and, you know, thought of respectfully, then they will come back for whatever reason. So I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and if you've ever seen J-horror, it's so much more terrifying than Western horror. Oh God. Um So, like, The Ring was based on a movie called Ringle, which is basically the same story but the Japanese version is more terrifying great because the thing with um western horror movies is they kind of we always need an answer to things and we have like people explaining or we have music that will kind of like foreshadow when things are happening whereas Japanese horror is more about like deep seed and dread so there isn't music (laughs) great (laughs) um It's more relatable because it's like you don't really know what's lurking. Mm -hmm. And it's more realistic because it's like this could be an actual reason versus like some man with a chainsaw trying to be more of a shock factor. It's like it's kind of more ominous. There's more subliminal imagery that's a little bit more ominous. So I just I think it's really interesting. Uh, And there's longer silence in between things, which makes it a little bit more real because you Mm -hmm. have to actually do more thinking on your part to realize what's going on rather than like a jump scare
1: yeah i hate silence in horror movies
0: i do too <gasps>
1: so don't watch a japanese horror movie
0: but anyway that is some legends of yokai and yuri wow
1: thank you i literally know nothing about japanese culture so i'm very so fascinated
0: like last night i was eating sushi when i was researching ah. this but i <laughs> ordered the wrong roll and it was no. too spicy oh Sign. So anyway I'm sorry <laughs> if I got anything wrong you uh, some of those stories
1: at the end I kind of butchered but that's okay I, I got what I got what you were saying yeah
0: but yeah all of the a lot of the um, ura are in white they have like the long stringy hair because before a burial they'll have like their hair down bef- oh. before so that's why they all have that long stringy hair uh-huh. and they don't have feet so cute but they're not all women. <laughs> I read an article that said the reason is because women tend to be more emotional, so sometimes oh. they feel they have more unfinished business, mm-hmm. whereas men tend to, I guess back when this was, like, originated, men tend to have deaths that were more, like, natural or they died in war, whereas, mm-hmm. like, women were more emotional, so that's why they were more vengeful spirits. It's or like, don't murdered. mess with us. Yeah.
1: Murdered by their husbands.
0: Yeah. So, there you mm-hmm. go.
1: Well, thank you all
0: so much for listening to episode 45.
1: Thank you. Um, I forgot to mention mm. that a lot of my info came from a Medium article by Jeff Mache. Mm. Just so you know. Look it up. It's a good article.
0: A lot of my information came from this uh, article from Washington Post called The Ghost of Japan. Mm. It was very well done. There's also there's a man in the... Uh, his name is Christopher Hardin. He is a lecturer of Asian history at University of Edinburgh. Oh. So he has a lot of information. He was on a lot of podcasts. He was interviewed by a lot of things. And then I also has a lo- Oh.
1: Oh my gosh, it's scared uh, me. Sorry. No, <gasps> that was <gasps> where did that
0: come from? Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I also watched this one YouTuber who talks about the difference between Yokai and Yurei. Um, oh. and he's from Japan. So anyway. Cool. Very interesting. I hope I did that justice because I thought it was cool. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. Thanks for everyone.
0: Thanks for listening. Listening. I think we should create a festival where we celebrate our ancestors. I, I really would do. love that. Um, I guess we'll do it during Samhain this year.
1: Yes, let's
0: do it. But. Stay sleepy and spooky. Uh, as always, we would love to thank the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin
1: Tomb. And our cover art is by Erica Chase.
0: Would you like to tell them where to find us?
1: You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can send us an email at theinsomniareport at gmail.com. Please email us with suggestions for future stories or your own listener report because we would love to do a listener episode. And yeah, we also have a website. Yeah. What is the URL?
0: Theinsomniereport.com.
1: Perfect. <laughs> Simple. There it is. Simple. Check it
0: out. Yep. It's uh, created by us. So you get what you.
1: Mostly buy. by Margo. <laughs> wow.
0: <Well>, you helped. <gasps> you helped. And next time for another classroom report. And as always, stay safe out there. Be kind. If you come across a URA, try to help them figure out what to do. Feed their cat, maybe. Yeah, um, definitely.
1: And, uh, you know, be, be nice to people. I don't know. It's just- <laughs> enjoy the end of the summer if you live in the northern hemisphere. Yes, enjoy. All right, good night. Good night.